Hi everyone, Dr. Edith here. As in prior episodes, you've probably either heard or experienced today's topic in your own home. A new study out today finds girls in this country are starting puberty at a younger and younger age. Since COVID hit, some medical experts have reported a rise in the number of kids undergoing early onset puberty. The data and the experience of both parents, their kids, and their doctors is showing us that puberty seems to be happening a little bit earlier every decade. Today, we talk about why, what we know about the things we should avoid, and what this means for us parents and for our kids. From Columbia University Children's Health at the Columbia University Irving Medical Center here in New York City, you're listening to The Stuff That Matters for Kids Health. Welcome to the show. I'm Dr. Edith Bracho Sanchez. I am a new mama who also happens to be a pediatrician, and I want to personally invite you to join me in talking to some of the most brilliant minds of our time as I ask them, what are the things that really matter today for our kids to turn out okay? For today's show, I sat down with Dr. Aviva Sofer. She is a pediatric endocrinologist here at Columbia. And let me just tell you, she had lots to teach me. Very quickly, the content on this podcast is provided for general information only and should not be relied on as a substitute for any professional medical advice or treatment. The views shared on this show solely reflect the expertise and experience of me, your host, and our guests. Anyway, here's my chat with Dr. Aviva Sofer. Enjoy. Aviva, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. We're so excited to have you. I'd like to start these shows by asking people what they do in their daily professional lives. Not everyone has crossed paths with an endocrinologist. So tell us a little bit what it means and what you do. Okay, sure. So an endocrinologist is a doctor who specializes in hormones And the interesting thing about hormones is that that they really affect every system in the body. So what I love about endocrinology is that I really have to know a lot about every part of the body and how it interacts with hormones. Examples of common things that patients might come to me for are are concerns about growth, Mm -hmm. concerns about thyroid problems, metabolism problems, adrenal issues, early puberty late puberty. Those are all different things than an endocrinologist may see. Yeah. And that I send to you all the time. Yes. Puberty is this thing that we all think we know about. We all, of course, if we're adults, have gone through it. But on a basic biological scientific level, what really are we talking about when we say puberty? So first of all, I just want to start with the ages that we normally see puberty starting. So puberty can start as early as age eight in a girl and as early as age nine in a boy. However, in a girl, it can also start as late as age 12 or 13, and in a boy, even later, like 13 or 14. So there's a very wide range of when puberty can start. So you mentioned the ages. What really triggers puberty, so to speak? And ultimately, I think a lot of us have heard of estrogen and testosterone, but there's a whole lot of hormones that come before those hormones, before estrogen and testosterone. And I really want you to help us understand what those hormones are and how we land at actually making ultimately estrogen and testosterone. 
Puberty starts because of signals in the brain. There's a hormone called kisspeptin released in the hypothalamus, and that stimulates GnRH, which is another hormone that is released in a pulsatile fashion. So initially, it's released in very small pulses and doesn't do much. But as one gets closer to puberty, the pulses get higher in amplitude and more frequent. And that leads to release of FSH and LH, which are the puberty hormones that signal to the ovaries in girls and to the testes in boys that puberty is starting. And then in girls, once the ovaries have the signals of FSH and LH active, they start to release estrogen. So in girls, estrogen is a hormone responsible for what we call the secondary sexual characteristics that we see. So for example, the first sign of puberty that we usually see in a girl is breast development. Similarly, in boys, once the FSH and LH signal to the testes, the first sign of puberty we actually see in boys is not so apparent. It's an increase in the size of the testes. So that's not something that a parent would necessarily see. So sometimes we don't really know when boys start puberty unless their doctor examines them. But once the testes receive the signal of the FSH and LH, they start to produce testosterone, which then leads to the secondary sexual characteristics of boys. So tell us one more time what the ages are, because part of what I want to talk to you about today is children who are going into puberty too soon. So remind us of the normal ages that you mentioned, and also what are you seeing in terms of, you know, kids entering puberty too soon? Sure. So the normal ages in girls would be the youngest age that would be considered normal is eight, and in boys, nine. However, those are not firm cutoffs. So sometimes girls can enter puberty between ages seven and eight, and we may not get alarmed if it's a very slow onset and not rapidly progressive. So sometimes in younger girls, we'll feel comfortable following them closely, but we may not become alarmed that there is something, a, a major problem that we have to treat or worry about. Yeah, that makes sense. And Part of what's alarming so many of us is precocious puberty, right? What are you seeing in your practice and what is the data saying about kids entering puberty too soon? Yeah, so definitely the age of puberty has been decreasing, certainly in the past 50 years to 100 years. I think in the 1800s, menarche, which is the first period that a girl gets, was on average as old as age 18. Wow. And now it's down to 13 or even less. So we're definitely seeing a big change over time. Yeah. Is it also happening for boys? So as I mentioned earlier, for boys, it's a little harder to detect. A few reasons. First of all, precocious puberty occurs in 10 times more girls than boys. Mm. So in general, and this has been always Girls develop precocious puberty more commonly than boys, so it's just much more rare to see in a boy. Secondly, because the signs of puberty or the beginning signs of puberty are testicular enlargement, that's something that is not likely to be detected unless a boy is examined by their physician. Whereas girls, the first sign usually is breast development, and that is more obvious to parents. Yeah, yeah. And... 
Is it happening more frequently in children of color as well? What is your experience and what does the data say there? So definitely we've seen that Black girls start puberty on average earlier than white girls. And some Black girls do start as early as age six. And because we have observed this, this is sometimes considered normal and may not require as much of a workup for looking for something wrong. Yeah. And as best you can tell, as best as the data tells you, why is puberty happening sooner than it used to or earlier than it used to, I should say? That's a great question. And we're actually learning a lot from the COVID pandemic. Mm. So a lot of different research groups have noticed that precocious puberty was occurring at a higher rate during the pandemic, specifically during lockdown. And there are many theories as to why. And I think one of the top theories is related to stress. So stress is related to release of many hormones, and those hormones can interact with the hormones in the brain that result in puberty. So that is one of the hypotheses as to why we've been noticing earlier puberty and more cases of earlier puberty during the COVID pandemic. Interesting. Now, what about obesity and the obesity epidemic, and how does obesity impact puberty? So that's a very good question. So definitely we saw obesity before the COVID pandemic, right? and we found that girls who are obese do develop puberty earlier. What's very interesting, though, is that boys who are obese tend to develop puberty later. So I don't know that I have the answer to that. What's also interesting is there's a form of puberty, which we don't call true puberty, but it's called adrenarche, and that comes from the adrenal glands. So as opposed to coming from the ovaries and the testes, there are hormones coming from the adrenal gland, and premature adrenarche in both boys and girls generally occurs earlier with obesity. Yeah, and what does that look like for someone to have premature adrenarche? So premature adrenarche generally presents in several different ways. It can present with early body odor. So Mm. a parent might come in with their kid and say, well, my kid smells like an adult. You know, should they be using deodorant? So that could be a sign of premature adrenarche, or it could be early onset of pubic hair or axillary hair. Yeah. Or even acne. Right, right. And I've seen all of these things in my clinic, right, in my practice, parents that come in and say, they really stink. Yeah. It's not subtle. Like parents truly do pick it up in that way and are able to to tell us and ask for help. Now, I also want to ask you, in terms of causes for all of this, what about different exposures? Have we learned anything about, I don't know, gosh, plastics, cosmetics? There's so many things that we're so attuned to these days. What have we learned? What does the data say? So definitely there are several substances called endocrine disrupting chemicals and examples of those are phthalates and those can induce puberty early. So exposures to things as simple as cosmetics, many cosmetics or creams or lotions have phthalates or many plastics also have phthalates. So that has been something that's been really closely studied now because we're trying to understand that association more. Yeah. And as best I can tell, this is something you can avoid in products, right? So what should you be looking for in a label? So I think things that you can be looking for are a certification by the manufacturer 
that a substance is phthalate-free. Unfortunately, I don't know that there's any regulation in the industry, so it may be difficult to find that. But it's good to look for companies that are very ecologically and organically conscious, and stores that carry more organic products may be less likely to have those substances. Yeah. Interesting. And I have to tell you, as a mom of a, of a little guy at home, I've become so aware and have really started looking and reading labels and, and looking for brands that have the certification. So I do it. It's, you know, an extra step, but yeah. in my opinion, worth it. So going back to kids who are experiencing precocious puberty, what are the impacts of that? Because it's one thing for us to sit here and, and sort of talk about biologically what's happening and the ages at which it may be happening and how it manifests itself. But what are the effects on kids, both on a mental health level and on a physical health level? Absolutely. So what's interesting is when kids go through puberty early, not only are they experiencing the signs of puberty, but their bodies are generally growing faster. So a girl who's maybe seven years old and has started puberty, she's going to appear to be much older than her peers. She might be taller. She might have already obvious signs of puberty. And teachers and parents might expect more from these kids. So even though developmentally they may not be mature or appropriately mature for their age, there's going to be higher expectations for them. And that can be very distressing to kids. Yeah, of course. And what about the bullying and the body perception, their body image? How does that manifest? Absolutely. Very young kids who don't have any peers who have similar appearances might feel very self-conscious and embarrassed, especially if they start getting their period at a really young age. Yeah, it's too soon. It's almost like, how do you, you know, how do you teach a child who's still a child in many ways to deal with some of these things? So how should we be talking about this? And how early should we be talking about these things? Sure. So it's always good to educate kids about kind of in an anticipatory way, so, you know, maybe a few years before they might go through puberty, it's something that can be introduced to kids. Yeah. And openly, right? Because I think puberty is one of those things that makes everyone cringe and it's happening whether you talk about it or not. So you might as well talk about it, right? Yeah, definitely. And before we let you go, and, and again, we're so grateful that you took the time to talk with us. What else can we be avoiding or is there anything else that we can do to be preventing some of this? Of course, everyone's going to find the language that works for their family to talk about this. I, as a pediatrician, truly, truly recommend that you do at home to prepare your child, not just for them going through puberty, but for their friends going through puberty so that they can be supportive friends. But in addition to talking about it, is there anything else we should be avoiding? Any other known ways to prevent our kids from going into puberty early? So interestingly, there are some actually natural products that have been associated with early puberty, and those include lavender and tea tree oil, which huh. is very surprising to many people yes. because those are both very common ingredients in oils and lotions. But those are two substances that we generally do recommend avoiding. When we do see kids with, with early puberty, we get a history and 
generally specifically ask about exposure to those. I did not know that. This is news to me. So say them one more time. It's lavender and tea tree oil. And do you recommend avoiding them like in their pure form or even products that contain lavender and tea tree oil? I would recommend avoiding them in kids who have not started puberty. Altogether? Yes. Even products that contain it? Yes. Fascinating. I did not know this. And now, well, everyone who's listening knows as well, but I can also tell my families who I see in my practice to avoid that. Yeah. Anything else we should be avoiding? I would say also stress in general is of course, unhealthy for everyone, but I've been reading a lot about the effects of stress and early puberty. The initial studies were looking at kids who were adopted, and it was found that a lot of kids who are adopted develop early puberty, and it's thought to be due to stress. And then again, as we discussed before, the COVID pandemic kind of opened the door for us to understand a lot more There's just the stress of social isolation, Yeah, the stress of irregular hours. So stress in general can have a really deleterious effect on health, but also can cause puberty to come earlier. Yeah. So it's not just avoiding stress, as you mentioned, also probably finding ways to deal with the stress exactly. that we can't avoid in our lives. We all have a yeah. little bit of it. Um, Good coping strategies. That's right. Well, I really, really appreciate your time. This has been so insightful. I have to tell you, as a mom of a little guy, I am trying really to understand how this happens and also to better help my families on the ground who come to see me for their yearly checkups all the time. So thank you so much, Aviva, for being with us today. Thank you so much for inviting me. And thank you at home for joining me on the Stuff That Matters for Kids Health podcast. If you liked our show, make sure to tune back in next week to leave us a rating and review and to help us spread the word about our show. That's right. We'd love it if you could tell a parent friend, IRL in real life, or just drop a link on your group chat. We'll take that too. You can also find us and more information on Kids Health on our social media channels at Kids at Columbia. I'm Dr. Edith Bracho Sanchez in New York, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>